And we're back. Whew. That was a long break. That was too long, guys. Come on up to the porch. I still have a lot of tales to tell. Come on up with your beverage of choice. Today I'm drinking ras no, blueberry lemonade with fizzy water, which may or may not have whipped cream flavored vodka in it. You can decide. Where have I been? I'm still on my porch. You may hear some background music, the ambient, ambient noise. All right, let me take a sip here. What happened to me? Well, I got scared. I got scared. We are all okay. And it's okay to get scared. And God is still on the throne. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Last I left you, it was the beginning of the summer of 2020. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. You probably all remember, and you may want to forget, what it was like to live in lockdown. I got exhausted from the Rona myself and from the medical job that I have. And I just completely shut down for a while. I got scared and overwhelmed. And I'm sorry about that. Just like all heroines, I went internal for just too long. And a lot of healing had to happen. All right, all right. So enough with the drama. What happened? What exactly happened? Well, God showed up and showed out in a really grand way. And I'd love to tell you about that. First, I want to let you know I've been really scared to get back on the podcast and talk about this because I'm afraid that talking about it will open up a can of worms, kind of like call stuff out from the universe. And I know things just don't work that way. I know that uh, God is here to protect and help us through this. And you guys, I got really, really sick. (laughs) I know, even more sick than I was. And I have to say that chronic illness and PTSD-related stuff really sucks. But I've stayed scared too long to talk about it. And now I'm ready and I'm trusting God to continue to protect us, to have his perfect will be done. And I would like to sit on my porch once again and talk to you about the tales of survival. And now I'm working on living again. I think it's really needed to talk about this because there's many tales to tell and there's a lot of living to be done. My latest insight is really that God didn't bring me through all this just to be silent and small about it all. It's time to tell the stories. So let's go. I'm wondering how you guys manage trying to co-parent through the post-lockdown and through all that COVID stuff. It really sucked. So 
basically where I left you last was the girls were going back and forth still, even though school was virtual. It was not in session. It was virtual. And we had already had a mediation to deal with the fact that Nim moved far. He moved an hour's driving time across town and heavy traffic. And in that mediation, uh, I was mediating for some child support and only one overnight a week as long as both of the bees had their own bed to sleep in. They could share a room, but they definitely needed their own bed to sleep in. And that mediation didn't didn't go well. It went well for a little bit, as you can remember. And then after that, it just, Nim said no way and everything stopped. And then COVID happened and all of the dockets got frozen and we were trying to figure out. Now, you guys know that I live in Florida. And so we have a great governor who kept us in business and who kept Florida open and free. There were some changes that were made about having more things roll to virtual. So what happened? Well, at that point, the girls were going back and forth and it was summertime. And so, hence always the summertime scaries, trying to figure out a schedule for the girls and what they were going to do for the summer. And at the beginning of June, we pretty much knew that some summer camps would be going again. Uh, Little B was just finishing up her grade, and then... Big B was finishing up eighth grade and was ready to move to high school. And she really wanted to go to the public high school. And that was okay with me. I wanted her to make the decision herself. And it was through a lot of sitting and thinking and discernment time and listening to her to say, if this is what she wants, this is what she needs. I was not going to not do it based on the fact that her dad really wanted her to go there and to stop going to the private school. <laughs> but I'm not a narcissist. So I knew that that's what I needed to do to be a good co-parent for her. Eventually, little B stood up and she refused to go for the visits. Her sister would still go for the visits. Little B decided not to go. She was done. She didn't want to go anymore. She didn't like the way she was treated. She did not feel safe. And the last straw for her was riding back from one of the trips 
it was either to our house or from his house or, or something. I don't remember the order exactly. However, her dad was driving really sporadically crazy on the highway, angry driving with an open can of the silver bullet, if you get what I mean. And not just one open can, but several open cans. The story of that breaks my heart. She talked about how she made sure that she was buckled in and always sat in the back seat as she felt that was safer. And Big B wanted to be up front and she didn't want to be next to him anyway. So that worked out good for her. She said she prayed a lot and she cried and she sang a couple of songs that she knew from school and from church that were some prayer songs to get her through. So the summer of 2020 leaves us with little B deciding that she was absolutely not, and I repeat, not going to go to her dad's house anymore. Did he throw fits about it? <laughs> yes. Did he ever address it directly? <laughs> no. He elicited Big B to do his dirty work for him, where he would send Big B back into the house to yell and scream and bully and pressure little B into going. That really sucked. I mean, imagine that. But I'm sure that those of you who've been through this with more than one child know that there is such a thing as one of the kids ends up being the golden child and the rest become the scapegoats. So little B and I kind of just did our thing through the summer. Uh, Big B would go back and forth forth every other week, um, two weeks for a vacation. And I, I I still requested the two weeks, even if we had to do a staycation. I'm trying to remember, though, you guys, it's been three years, and that makes me sad. It's been three years since I've told you my tales. Um, I'm glad to be back here telling you some of these things. So Big B went to her dad's. She would go back and forth again every other week. He would come pick her up, then I would go to get her. Um, the last time that I went to pick her up was in the very beginning of August. And school was delayed in getting started back for her an extra week. So school for her didn't go back until the middle to end of August. And when I picked her up, or went to pick her up, she totally refused to come back home. And I had a decision to make at that time. It was a really hard decision to make. I decided to honor her choice 
and to see what would happen. Um, I was mad and I was scared. And I was also really starting to get exhausted, tired, feeling defeated. How do I, how do I counteract this? How do I live with someone I feel like giving her bad information, um, bribing her, doing all the things for her that she would like but wasn't always necessarily good for her as a teenage girl. And those extra weeks that she stayed were when she saw and she heard things. Things that damaged her and set off a chain reaction that changed everything. Yes, here you can insert dramatic music. Here you can insert um, maybe even applause. You could even insert some mystery music. So you guys, what happened was Big B ended up having a nervous breakdown. Yep. Not there. No, no, of course not. She ended up coming home straight from her dad's the night before school started at her high school. Her high school had the choice of either doing virtual learning or in person, wearing the mask. And she and I talked about it and I decided that since she was not at risk for the coronavirus, um, to get really sick or hurt if she did end up contracting it. And she was starting at a new school, not just a new school, but a school that she hasn't gone to school with those kids for eight years. It's a lot. So we decided that she would go in person. And so she would go and then her dad would pick her up from school on his days and drop her back off. Uh, school for her started at 7.20, so that she had to leave her dad's house by 6.20. That's, that's really early days. And that was one of the things that I felt was important to honor was the issue that both the bees had with sleeping anyways. Around October, Big B started to have a lot of nervous tics return. She had a lot of things that seemed like OCD symptoms, and by that I mean intrusive thoughts. Thoughts that were really scary, thoughts that were really bothering her, that she thought and I thought, too, were perhaps only triggered from anxiety and just OCB, OCD, she be OCB, OCD being untreated. 
Um, some of you may remember from a previous episode that I did talk about how hard it was to get medical care for her that was anything that had to do with neurology or psychiatry because her dad refused to do the medication and we had a court order at that time. That was probably mm, maybe about four years before this particular incident and that was really hard. And since he refused to give her the medication, I chose to do more of a naturopathic route for her. Then we ended up doing um, psychiatry route for a while. And then she decided that she didn't need the stuff anymore. And she refused to take it. And when your child is a middle schooler, what are you going to do? Hold them down, shove it down their throats, hide it in their food? I sort of was curious to see what would happen. And here's what happened. So she was having a lot of intrusive thoughts. And some of this is her story, so I'm not going to divulge all of it. But I'm going to tell you the parts that I think are the most important. She was having a lot of intrusive thoughts about naked women, naked women's bodies, all kinds of things that have to do with naked women, women's body parts. Yes, for a while, she did have the OCD thought, and I'm not even going to get into this stuff on my podcast about uh, woke and transgender and gay and everything else, but she was really concerned about her sexuality, and that's okay. That's a development to go through and to talk through, and guys, hear me. It's It was okay. However... After talking with her and having her not sleep for two nights where she was in my bed crying every minute because she couldn't get the thoughts out of her head. Now, one of my things that I always found that's helpful for dealing with OCD intrusive thoughts is to distract your brain until you can get to a mental health practitioner who can help you. Do you guys know how hard it is to find things that do not have to do with sexuality and romance? Yeah, the sexuality thing doesn't seem to be as much, but like anything that has to do with romance, oh my gosh, that eliminates like all Disney movies because almost every one of them has to do with something with a romance. So we did find some old Disney Channel shows to watch, which were really fun. I'm not sure if this is something that you are dealing with in your household is trying to find neutral enough content that isn't going to trigger the old stuff or the stuff that's not so old and that's why it's really tough to deal with. At this same time, we got a court date, a date to go to trial virtually. And that was really interesting to me. And it was going to be at the very beginning of November. Well, at the very end of October. 
Big B has the breakdown. And it was not just about the intrusive thoughts going on in her head and me thinking, well, it's just probably OCD thoughts. At some point, I knew that I was going to have to take her to the pediatrician. I knew we were going to have to start there. She saw a pediatrician, and that pediatrician said, I don't do psychiatric care. However, there is a doctor in our office who does it because it's so hard in this area for kids to get in to see the pediatric psychiatrist. There's just a shortage in this area, and the waiting lists are months. And my child needed relief. She was seeking relief, and she wanted relief. And on the way to this doctor's appointment that she was really looking forward to, she decided to tell me some more things that were the intrusive thoughts were about, and I listened. I simply listened, and I told her, I'm really glad that you are able to talk some of this out, and let's see what the doctor can do to help. So we went to see the doctor who, at the pediatrician, who could give the psychiatric care, and that's when it all came out. That's when it all came out that Big B was witnessing her dad viewing porn and doing his thing because he wasn't secretive about it. He wasn't um, careful about the things that he left on his open laptop. He wasn't careful about the things that he left when the TV turned back on. He wasn't careful about what he did when he did it. And then the other part that was really terrible was those weeks that she was there. They went to Disney quite a bit. Okay, well, fine. Who cares? That's fine. Now, you may wonder, how did he get the money to do all of this? Mm-hmm. I'll do a callback to a previous episode with Miss Sarasota. Yes, it came out later that she was footing the bill for everything, that she and Nim were hanging around, that he, she leased the apartment for him that he was in, and she was still footing the bill. Now, they both told Brooke that they were simply just friends, and I don't know if that was true at the time. I suppose it was. She said they argued a lot. If you're just friends, what's the need for arguing so much? I don't know. And that's another thing, you guys. Sometimes there's things that we just don't try to figure out anymore. We can allow ourselves to be curious and then move on. So when they were at Disney, in the lines, he would be videotaping and zooming in on females rear ends mostly young and sometimes on their breasts 
and she would notice it on his phone when she stood behind him and he would try to hide it. And then at some instances, she got really mad at him and said that she moved in front of the camera, between the camera and the lady, because she felt so bad for the ladies. Huh. Let's do another call back to a prior episode. Those of you who've been with me and following our story for a while know that this is not the first time that Nim has recorded with video on his cell phone women in a way that is creepy and disgusting. All right, guys, we know that he did this at their school's football game and got busted several years ago. Very embarrassing to the children because, yes, they were there when he was doing it. Of course. And he got a no trespass warrant that he was not allowed to go on school property anymore. Did that make the pickups and the drop-offs harder? (laughs) Yes, it did. So, I mean, we may think that's not that big of a deal, but it really is. It's disgusting behavior. Um, Is it illegal? Uh, Yeah, it sort of sort of borders on some privacy laws, although it is out in public at Disney. I know there's some people who have gotten their annual passes revoked and never able to go on Disney property again because they got caught doing these things. But you guys, that's the big thing. You, you have to be caught. The pediatrician took all this in and called CPS. She contacted Child Protective Services made a report. You guys, this all came out and the report was made one week, one week, like that calendar week before the trial. Now at that time, I was really stressed and mad. Like, God, come on. You know how this looks. You know how this quote unquote looks. This looks cooked up. This looks like my one bad last attempt. And I did get accused of that by Nim. However, this was not my timing. This was God's timing. And I've heard a lot of people say in the past that God is never late. He's usually not early. He's usually right on time. And, you know, you have to wonder, maybe God was working on convicting Brooke's heart for a couple of months. Maybe it took all this time. And then finally, time was was coming down to the wire. She couldn't hold it in anymore. It actually wasn't OCD stuff, It it was trauma. It was intrusive images that were coming in her head from the inappropriate things that she was exposed to. It was interesting when The girls were interviewed by CPS, and in our county, it's actually the sheriff's department that comes. And the male and female officers that were here were really wonderful. They were extremely supportive. 
the male officer was speculating that Nim was doing this not only for his own jollies, but to make money um, somewhere on the dark web, perhaps. Somewhere, who, who knows how all this works. I'm really not that interested in how all of this works. I don't really get that curious about about it to go far enough to investigate it. What I know is whatever it is came into my children's lives and into their hearts and minds. One of the things that they told me that really got to me, they meaning uh, the law enforcement and my children ended up telling me as well um, that when they were at their dad's, they would sleep with multiple layers of clothing on because they were always freaked out that in their mind, they were both scared. What if he went in and started recording them sleeping? What if he would record them in parts of their bodies? If he was doing that to ladies in line, what would stop him from doing that at the house where they were? I'm so glad that things are the way they are now. This led to Nim being contacted, another CPS interview. Did he get mad? (laughs) Yeah, he did. And you may be wondering what happened next. Well, this led to a lot of texts fighting with Big B back and forth. Were we able to get these texts submitted? Coming up on the next My Tales from the Porch, we're going to get all zoomed up at the OK Corral. I'm going to tell you all about the trial that happened virtually. You'll get to hear a lot of text message exchanges. You're going to hear evidence that was able to be submitted in to family court, and you'll be able to hear what the judge had to say about all of this. I'm so glad we're back. Finish up your drinks now. Take a deep breath. Hopefully you feel recharged, ready to go back into your world again. If there's some way that I can help or support you, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. And until then, continue to take good care of yourself. XO, XO, Gwen.